0: This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host Nigdha and joining me today are two news laundry reporters, Akanksha Kumar and Ayush Tiwari. Hello.
1: Hi
2: guys.
3: What's up? How's it going? Well um we've been trying to just put out all our uh dispatches from UP. Yeah. So uh and these are like dark crime stories so it's uh slightly difficult to cope with uh, I know. this yeah. um mentally but uh yes uh we'll take a break. Maybe after all the stories are out.
0: All right. So, before we begin, I want to tell all the new listeners about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So, please subscribe to us and pay to keep news free.
2: And if you're listening to this podcast on apps like Stitcher or Spotify, uh, remember we have a new website and that has an inbuilt native podcast player. So, I think I was trying it yesterday. It's amazing. So, do check out the website for podcast interviews and our ground reportage
0: yes so uh, let's start off with some bizarre stories uh, we've been skipping those for a while
2: uh, so i don't know if you guys uh, you must have seen this but one fellow called Dev said who is the hmm. head of uh, the up bjp hmm. said uh, that uh, prime minister modi has decided a time when he'll be go- india will be going to a war with china and pakistan Yeah, and he's uh, not just the BJP unit chief, he's also in the cabinet of the Yogi government in UP. So we're a fairly uh, senior politician in the party saying things like these. And not just that fact that we'll be going to war, but that we'll be going to war with two neighbours and uh, that we've had it scheduled out. It's the most bizarre things to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... In media, Indian media, a section of Indian media has such a major role to play in the falling relationships, um, relationship between India and China, right?
2: Yeah, I mean the media definitely, but then you know you also have the politicians. (laughs) So Arvind Goswami can come and say, "Okay, we need to bomb Pakistan," but to say for a politician, an elected representative to say that we'll be going to war, and the prime minister knows it. That's just, uh, you can't say it's speculation,
1: can you? <laughs> no, you can't. That's what it's,
3: it's bizarre. Uh, what about you, Akang Um, I don't really have uh, any bizarre news uh, to share, but I think mm-hmm. there was this uh, song on Papadam, which was uh, going viral. And a lot of my friends from South India were like, uh, th- th- basically, I think it's an ad for uh, the paper. Uh-huh. uh but uh, and it features like a group of uh, uh, foreigners and one uh, indian woman. oh yes <laughs> and uh, and it's quite hilarious the expressions are funny and uh, um i mean uh, they are selling every i mean it, it It's very funny because they're just moving around with that uh, papar in hand and then somewhere in the middle of the ad half of it is eaten and they're just uh, hopping here and there. So it's like who made that ad was (laughs) the question on top of everyone's mind that why did you do this like just why. So (laughs) it was quite a bizarre ad that and uh, which kind of popped up on my uh, Twitter timeline. Right, I think I saw it.
2: Uh, Did you go to Google and put "bizarre news India"? Yes, I
3: did. (laughs) (laughs) Because there was no other option.
2: Because I did it too and I chose the second option. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you obviously All chose right. the first one. Guys, because I think it's also harder to pick, uh, you know, one particular bizarre news because like we've been saying every episode, I think every everything is so bizarre. So my, my bizarre news is uh, the new uh, Nationalist Digital Media Association that has been launched. The Indian Digital Media Association. Uh, you know, with Republic TV and India News, NewsX, and Sunday yeah. Guardian and of course Op India, our favorite <laughs> and Goa Chronicle. Yeah, that's quite bizarre, you know, and what um, Arna was saying, uh, you know, that uh, media needs to be India, Indian owned, Indian edited and there should be no foreign, uh, you know, media ownership and all of that. Uh, it is quite
2: so strange because you know that goa chronicle website was a revelation i hadn't heard of it before hmm? so i was checking out their website yeah and they have things like uh you know the covid was manufactured in china and a laboratory and all that ah. so i mean you can you, you can stop foreign funding or how can you stop foreign conspiracy theories <laughs> you
1: know,
2: homegrown desi right-wing websites it's so parochial to say a uh, foreign funding group. Is, I mean, is, is is this conspiracy theory seeping into India and now you have no mask, these anti-maskers in India?
1: Yeah. Is that
2: not foreign influence also?
1: Yeah.
2: But apparently that's fine, so.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, and it's quite, uh, you know, entertaining to watch uh, Republican Op India come together, no? Yeah. Uh, Arnab's developed this new born homie with, uh, what's her name, Nupur? So uh, listeners, the next uh, discussion, the following discussion uh, will contain some descriptions of violence which might be disturbing to many. So please consider this a trigger warning. Now, uh, many of you know that Akanksha and Nidhi, they covered the Hathras incident where four Thakur men allegedly gang-raped a 19-year-old Dalit girl. Uh, They wrote a series of ground reports on the same that shed light on the UP administration and the police's response to the incident. And, uh, I mean, it was appalling, to say the least. Uh, denial of rape, pressurizing the family were just a few of the problems. Um, now, what you don't know probably is that actually when the hatras incident came to light, Akanksha and Nidhi were already in UP. They had actually gone there to cover uh, Lakhimpur Kheri, which is a place... Uh, where there have been multiple instances of crimes against women, and a number of them have involved minors and Dalits. In fact, um, three minor girls were raped and murdered in Luckimpur Kheri since August 14th, 14th 14th of August. And uh, the first case involved a 13-year-old girl and uh, two men. I think two men were arrested in that case. Uh, The next one involved a three-year-old baby girl who was raped and murdered. And the third case was a 17-year-old Dalit girl who was found dead with her throat slit uh, barely five meters away from her home on 25th of August. Now, Akanksha Nidhi's first report in the series deals with this particular case. It is titled, Amid Love Jihad Claims, Lakhimpur Kheri Victim's Family Waits for Justice. So, Akanksha, my first question is, uh, you know, now you've visited both Hathras and Lakhimpur Kheri, right? Uh, covering incidents of crime against women. Uh, can you tell us more, a little more about your uh, initial observations about the place, maybe uh, draw some parallels or differences? I, I mean, in terms of, you know, the people, what they do, the village, oh, is it divided along caste and religious lines like, you know, you mentioned in Hathras?
3: Uh, So all the three incidents uh, in Lakhimpur uh, happened in August, uh, which is, uh, I think, before the Hathras uh, made it to headlines. And we had uh, gone there a month after the incident, uh, where we met families uh, who were still trying to come to terms with the loss of their daughter and the brutality of the incident. If you ask me, what if there were any parallels between mm-hmm. the Hathras incident and Lakhimpur Kiri, uh, in terms of the caste divide, mm-hmm. uh, I think the caste divide was much more evident uh, in Hathras, uh, where you know since the victim uh, belonged to Dalit uh, uh, caste and uh, the the family was quite vocal uh, mm-hmm. about the discrimination that they had been facing, uh, and also because the accused uh, belonged to Thakur caste. Uh, Here in Lakhimpur, the caste divide was not so much evident on the ground, Uh, even though uh, people do live in ghettos in -hmm. the villages. Um, so, for example, the very first story which has gone out, uh, the accused uh, there, uh, is a Muslim. So, the local BJP MLA has been trying to uh, play up the love jihad angle. Even though the investigating officer in the case has told us that uh, there is no uh, love jihad conspiracy in this, and they had uh, tracked the guy through uh, the entire sort of uh, chats between uh, the victim and uh, and this person whom she was in touch with. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we even spoke to the families and the other locals in the village... Uh, if there was any sort of uh, tension along religious lines, mm. uh, definitely, uh, you know, they have a certain perception towards Muslims. Yeah. Uh, but as of now, they were more shaken about, uh, they were more shaken up by the crime itself. So right. a lot of young girls, they uh, told us that uh, they would not be comfortable in going to school mm-hmm. uh, because this victim had stepped out that day to fill a scholarship application form. Uh, and she had gone missing and a day later her body was found uh near her house just like few meters away and even in the second case uh i mean uh, that story has not been the published yet 13 year old girl yes the it's yeah. a there it's a 13 year old uh dalit girl mm-hmm. in lakhimpur uh in lakhimpur's isanagar area okay uh, so uh, here, the there are two accused. One of mm. them is also a Dalit only. They belong to the Gotham caste. Mm. And the second accused is a Yadav. The Yadavs are a dominant community in that particular village with right. a fair amount uh, of land holding. Mm. And uh, he had threatened women a uh, few days before the incident that uh, if anyone is found uh, defecating in his field then he will bash them up but even like while we were there and we spoke to the victims family and also to the fam- also with the families of the accused the sarpanch and all uh, the caste divide was not so much evident as it was uh, in the case of Hatras. Mm-hmm. um
1: mm-hmm.
3: yes they would uh, they just they mentioned about the threat Uh, And how the incident had happened, Uh, the accused side came up with their own uh, sort of conspiracy theories uh, that it could be a case of honor killing and so on. Uh, But somehow the caste divide was not so much uh, evident here on the ground, uh, at least. Uh,
0: Akanksha, can you also, I mean, uh, since we're talking about these two separate uh, incidents, one involving a 17 year old and the other one about 13 year old uh, girl. Uh, can you tell us more about these two girls? Uh, you know, uh, what were they doing? Were they students or this, uh, you know, and um, a little more
3: about their families. So in the first case, the 17 year old uh, uh, girl in Neem Kao, the victim, uh, she had, uh, uh, she was in, she was a class 10 student. Mm-hmm. uh she had gone out to fill a scholarship application form mm-hmm. uh when we visited her house there were uh, these uh, you know cutouts of uh, uh, women dressed in sarees uh, and yeah. draped in lehengas uh, you know uh, pasted on the wall uh, but so
0: bharti also right it's yeah. there in the
3: article image. Yeah. yeah so she had just uh, got engaged Mm -hmm. Uh, earlier uh, this year in uh, Mm -hmm. July-August and was about to get married uh, later this year. Mm And uh, she had just got uh, access to a smartphone it was gifted to her by her fiance like mm. a month ago or so right and uh, the police uh, uh, official who is investigating uh, the case they, he told us that uh, the electronic evidence uh, in you know in all the chats and everything they suggest that uh, she was uh, in touch with uh, this guy and some other guys as well mm-hmm. um now we do don't know the chain of events as to what happened when she actually stepped out to fill the scholarship application form that day because mm. a day later they could i mean for at least i think a, a 24 hours or so uh, they were able to track the calls uh, but after that uh, they couldn't even trace her phone and uh, then it was they have just found her body nice. um, So there are some social factors at play as well, Mm. uh, which explains uh, why such incidents are happening. Uh, mm-hmm. So it could be that, uh, you know, sh- uh, she just wanted to uh, kind of uh, come out of that cocoon of uh, mm-hmm. one room pakka house in a village. Suddenly, uh, you know, this mobile phone is her uh, bridge to the outer yeah, world. Right. And she does not know if, uh, you know, uh, there should be some sort of screening uh, mm-hmm. before she decides to, uh, you know, establish some sort of contact with the person person on the other side.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and probably this turned out to be fatal uh, for this victim,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which
3: at the grass, at the, at the on the ground, uh, you know, uh, the politicians are playing it up as something else altogether, just because uh, there is a Muslim uh, guy mm-hmm. in picture. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, talking about this guy, Mohammed Dilshad, um, uh, who himself is what, 18 years old? How old is he? Yes. Yeah. It's quite young. Anyway, uh, so my question is, what evidence apart from the electronic, the chats that they had, uh, you know, uh, what other evidence uh, do they have against him?
3: we really don't know uh, yet as to what other evidence the police has gathered because uh, uh when we spoke with the io all he told us was that they have uh, electronic uh, evidence and on mm-hmm. the basis of that uh, they have arrested uh, this guy okay uh, and uh, they they did find uh, that you know they were uh, uh, they were kind of exchanging photos mm-hmm. uh, and messages with each other uh, so their prime suspect was uh, dilshad
0: right uh, also akanksha uh, if you could tell us a little more about the other uh, the other girl the 13 year old victim um, and her family and uh, which village was she from
3: so uh, the second uh, victim the 13 year old girl um she uh, belongs to Gotham caste. Uh, they, be- they, are, uh, they are a family of laborers who live in a one-room katcha house uh, in uh, Isanagar area.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I cannot take the name of the village. Yes. Um, so, I mean, the very unfortunate thing in this particular case was that uh, uh, they had got a toilet uh, constructed last year itself. Hmm. But uh, uh, because there was delay in the second installment, uh, so the money is released by the uh, government and it's usually the Pradhan at the local level uh, who allocates and uh, right. plays a role in dispersal of funds. Right. Uh, so there was some delay in the second installment due to which like the, a flush could not be fixed. Huh. Which is why this girl had stepped out uh, you know, that day to uh, defecate in the nearest sugarcane field, Mm. uh, which turned out to be fatal for her. And um, I think the most uh, uh, heart-wrenching part of the story is when her mother sort of slightly delusional, she says that, uh, uh, you know, I was sleeping, uh, otherwise I would have gone with her. So uh, she had gone on her own and... uh, Like an hour later, the family uh, realized that she has uh, gone missing Mm. and uh, they started looking for her in, uh, you know, in the village. And when they went, uh, when they went to this, when they approached this uh, sugarcane field, the Mm. two accused who were sitting there, Mm. they even asked them, the father asked one of them if they have uh, seen his daughter. And he says, no, I haven't. Uh, so then he cross-checks it with uh, a couple of people who were grazing their goats, uh, who had got, mm-hmm. taken their goats uh, to that area. And they confirmed to him that, yes, we have seen your daughter going that uh, that side. That's when the accused kind of, uh, you know, uh, ran away from the spot. And it's the father who kind of then just goes into inside the field. And mm-hmm. he's the one who first, um, you know, sees his daughter like she was strangled with the very dupatta that she had, she was wearing that day. Her feet were tied together with a, with a banana leaf. And, you know, it, I mean, it was quite a a gory scene even for the father to see uh, his own daughter like that. Um, And then he started screaming and uh, sort of raised an alarm and other family members and villagers, they kind of reached the spot and the police Mm -hmm. also came. So, um, and here again, like the accused have been arrested. Um, hmm. NSA has been uh, invoked. Um, right. Yet there is uh, some sort of tension in the village because uh, the family members of the Yadav uh, guy, they keep on telling them that, you know, you we will be able to get him out on hmm. bay. Hmm. So you just wait and watch.
0: Ah, like a threat. Yeah. Right. Right.
3: Can you can you also tell us a little more about this girl? Was she in school? Um, she uh, was a class five dropout. Mm. And, uh, you know, when we tried to ask uh, the father if she had any dreams or aspirations, um, you know, he told us that uh, I'm barely able to earn 100, 150 rupees a day as a laborer uh so i am not in a position to send uh, them to school and also he said that the nearest like the like a better quality school would be somewhere uh in kamaria which was the nearest town hmm. uh to their village and he said i don't have that kind of resources uh to send my kids to school so she would uh, stay at home only, uh, mm. you know, help uh, her mother with chores yeah. and all. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: and she she was like any regular uh, uh, sort of uh, village girl. Um, like one anecdote which I would like to share about the family is that at some point uh, her father even told us that uh, uh, one of one of his sons, mm. uh, like the family, kind of welcomed a granddaughter. Uh, I see. Uh-huh. Just like uh, maybe a few weeks after the incident. And uh, so he was very happy, uh, thinking that uh, maybe, uh, you know, he's uh, united with his daughter again. Mm-hmm. But the grandchild didn't survive.
1: Oh. So,
3: um so yeah i mean uh, he he's of course uh, as i said that uh, uh, in in lakhimpur the families are kind of struggling to come to terms with the loss of their daughter the brutality of the incident uh, yeah. in the first case like in Gao. The father had got uh, like there was some back and forth between him and uh, the uh, the thana in charge for the hmm. post mortem report. Right, hmm. and he has no clue how the case will progress. And he actually asked us that, do you think I need to engage a lawyer or will the police help us with a lawyer? Uh, because right. they don't really know how. Uh, how to case... go about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, 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 our can you tell us a little more about the police's response in both these cases? And uh, has it been as appalling as that of in the Hatras incident? Like, for example, uh, in the first case, in the 17-year-old girl's case, while the BJP MLA is claiming, uh, you know, it's
3: a case of love jihad, the police is clearly saying it's not, uh, right? So, I think... Uh a common, a pattern in all the three cases in Lakhimpur was that uh, the state government was very keen that NSA be invoked in all the three cases. Hmm. Uh, And we specifically asked the police officials that do you think NSA actually helps? Does it act like a deterrent in the Hmm. crime? Hmm. And no one was willing to come on record on this. Hmm. But they did uh, say that, uh, you know, the orders are coming straight from uh, CMO. I mean, I mean, they're coming from chief minister's office. Hmm. So we can't help it. But Hmm. uh, it doesn't uh, help us in any way uh, because uh, the problem is that you know when they are filing, let's say, the first charge sheet, they haven't received the uh, results, uh, the forensic results. Mm. It 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 will take them another two three months to even mm. confirm, uh, you know, and uh, whether the accused was there on the crime spot at the crime spot or not. Mm. And the state government is not doing anything to fix these. Uh, structural lapses Uh, but they are coming up with these cosmetic measures Mm. that you know let's slap NSA Mm. uh, let's give it a love jihad angle uh, and try and milk it politically right so uh, the usual sort of uh, problems that exist as far as when the you know uh, the justice has to take its course those lapses can be seen even in Lakhimpur
0: yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, for those who have been following these uh, incidents, it's uh, something that comes across very clearly is this uh, the delay in receiving forensic uh, lab reports, right? Uh, so, I don't know how that works. Is there just one lab? Why does it take so long?
3: Yeah. So, there are only two centers in Uttar Pradesh. One is in Lucknow and another one is in Agra. Hmm. So, now you can imagine that if there are like just two centers catering to an entire state um, right. where you know samples from every thana uh, is going uh, then I think they expect uh, the final results to come in uh, after two to three months it can be more and uh, uh, you know in in one of our YouTube videos on Hathras uh, mm. I think uh, a doctor had uh, posted a comment uh, that in such sensitive cases time is very crucial because exactly. with every second that a sample is decaying so uh, it will actually uh, weaken the, it can actually weaken the case uh, if the sample is not uh, you know sent to laboratory on time and it is not tested on time right, right. Uh, so time is of uh, a lot of uh, time is of utmost importance in such cases uh, so definitely that is uh, one factor which uh, the state government needs to lo- look into
1: right, right.
2: in the, in, the, in the arushi talwar murder famously mm. they had uh, you know when the murder occurred and the police came in and this is because this is up police is yeah. why i'm talking about this mm. they did not cordon off the area yeah, and the whole yeah. neighborhood the whole neighborhood your neighbor mm-hmm. and your friends everyone Everybody came to the bedroom walked mm. with their shoes even the police and there was no, did not collect much forensic sample. It was probably dead, and of course, we know what happened to that yeah. that case. Right. So, and even the, in the riots cases, it's been eight, nine months in uh, mm. most of them, and I don't think the FSL reports have really come out for all the murders that have happened.
0: Right, right. Are you? Do you have any questions for Kangshu?
2: Um, I don't have any questions, but I was thinking. I mean, even Akanksha probably should tell us what she thinks. But mm-hmm. covering such stories, you know, Hathras and the Lakimpur story, it seems that this this the field, you know, this Kate, this
1: in rural yeah. India
2: is such mm. an unsafe uh, space mm. for women, yeah. and that the fact that the incident happened, one of the incidents she talked about, when this uh, person had to go out to defecate. Mm-hmm. And we've been hearing all these uh, political rhetoric about India is o- the open, open defecation etc. Yeah. But of course, it's the failure of the state is there everywhere. But the field seems to be such a unsafe unsafe space for women in rural India, at least in UP and Bihar. So true. And uh, Kangana must have seen it uh, up close. I, I wonder what she thinks.
3: Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, um, this was. Uh, uh, one observation which struck both Nidhi and me as well that uh, you know uh, in Hathras it was the bajra field mm. uh, where the girls uh, where the girl's mother had found her um, and also in like in here also it's the sugarcane field in Lakimpur where uh, bodies of all the three victims have been found uh, just meters away from their houses and uh, I mean. Uh, it's quite ironical that somehow uh, you know these girls are also tied to their those fields. Like it, like uh, the Hathras victim was mm-hmm. cutting grass in that yeah. field, mm-hmm.
1: um,
3: and apparently it also belonged to one of those thakors. Uh Here also she had gone for defecation, and uh, so there is this uh, you know role of uh, power at play that uh, because he owned the field. And therefore, he had issues uh, with a woman entering that space. And Mm -hmm. he decided to teach her a lesson. And uh, that is how the crime was carried out. Uh, In case of Hathras as well, uh, I think uh, the mother and the girl, uh, they were, uh, they used to cut grass there on a daily basis for animals and Uh, the Thakos did uh, see it as an opportunity to uh, sort of uh, establish that caste hierarchy uh, because there have been, uh, there had been episodes of friction with the girl's family earlier as well when they had chopped uh, her grandfather's fingers. Uh, So I think uh, in a very uh, sort of uh, bizarre manner, the field has also emerged as that arena where Mm. a caste divide is uh, sort of manifesting itself uh, every time a woman's body is uh, found there.
0: Right. It's like an easy praying ground sort of for, you know, these men, powerful men in the village, right? Because uh, the women who are working there obviously are working there because they come from a, you know, non-privileged background and, yeah,
1: uh, Mm.
3: yeah and and those uh, social circles are overlapping also like they mm-hmm. they also need uh, that kind of uh, space uh in the whether it's a field of a thakur or the field mm-hmm. uh, or the khet that belong to a yadav yeah. uh, you know so that th- their social circles are also uh, sort of uh, overlapping and there somewhere because uh, there is a certain stereotype at play and they cannot uh, uh, stand uh, a woman in that space mm. uh, is how is that what too. is kind of uh, leading uh, to such brutal crimes right right
0: all right um, so uh, we'll move on to our next topic now uh, now listeners uh, i guess most of you who follow news laundry know that uh, Ayush and Basant, uh, they have been consistently covering the Delhi riots and the subsequent investigation being conducted by the Delhi police. Uh, Both of them have filed multiple reports for our Deep Dive News Laundry Sena series. Uh, News Laundry Sena is an initiative by News Laundry that allows readers to fund the stories that they want to hear. So in case you've not read the reports, I urge you to do it as soon as you are done listening to this podcast. And um, also, uh, doing stories like this, I really want to point out that doing stories like this, we uh, it is quite risky. So every time they go out, uh, you know, it's unsafe. Uh, we've seen that in the case of multiple cases of assault against caravan reporters. Um, so please do support them. Show your support, read their reports, share them on social media. You know, make your friends and family read them too. And also, please subscribe to News Laundry so we can keep doing reports like this. All right. So now, even in his latest report, Ayush covered the Delhi police's probe into the murder of four men, Ashwaq Hussain, mehtab Khan, Zakir Ahmed and Manish Singh. Now, uh, they were killed on the third day of the riots, probably the most violent, uh, you know, day. And uh, the report is titled Delhi Carnage, How Muhammad Arif turned Hindu and lynched his uncle now Ayush my first question to you this is out of uh, you know uh, personal curiosity Uh, you know we're living in times where we where we feel like so much is happening right constantly you know and especially as a journalist you know every day a new story a very important story to cover comes up right so uh, you know In a time like this, when you are able to focus on one story, pursue a story like the Delhi riots and the uh, following investigation consistently over a period of time, right? Um, What do you draw from the experience as a reporter? And also, I mean, in terms, like, I also want to point out that, you know, you work for a small organization like News Laundry, you know, so uh, there are certain limitations. It is hard to yeah. focus on one story for a long period of time. Uh, right. So, yeah, your experience and also why it is important to cover a story consistently like this.
2: Um, because, you know, often, uh, so us, our NLCNA project is into uh, an investigation of the Delhi police's probe into the riots. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: sometimes, and we are told this as journalists uh, always, that, you know, you can tell the story of an entire people mm-hmm. or an entire group, through simply one person or one incident. So when we look at these riot stories, which we've pursued for two weeks, three weeks, mm. you know, consistently, we've gone to uh, Northeast Delhi almost on a daily basis. Um, they are all different in their own ways, but they say something about the kind of uh, w- the kind of world we live in. They're representative of the larger social mood. So uh, th- that is what you essentially learn and. That's the thing about journalism. I was watching Pathal Lok uh, oh, yesterday, and yeah. there's one line uh, he, that uh, the journalist says in the first episode. He says, "You can meet a billion, ki- a million killers as a journalist," you know,
1: yeah. and
2: that uh, which is <laughs> ironically it rings very true when you cover things like riots because the, you meet people who are like, "Yeah, I, you know, even I stepped up to throw stones and." Uh, uh, tear gas at the mobs. I was in the mob, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So you meet people like these, and it changes your perception about how so- so society works, how people choose to live with those who they really don't like. Uh, you know how two groups get along,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and again. When it have things have to fall apart, how it happens? Who are the players? You know, which person? What place? What kind of role? Where does the police come in? It's a it's it's a story of social networking at the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's it's a lot of little little things that uh, contribute to your understanding about the where your society you belong mm-hmm. to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I when I do these stories, don't think about the fact that okay, how many people will end up reading it,
1: mm-hmm. but that.
2: Uh, when people in the future look back at the event, they might have some sort of a reference point to get a perspective which obviously seems to be missing in most of the mainstream media. When I read uh, Manoj Mitha's book on the anti-Sikh pogroms of
1: 1984,
2: mm. uh, I read it recently and I realized that uh, it's very poorly ranked in the Amazon sales. But then it, uh, the kind of insight it gives you into how that whole event again you know almost a communal conflagration precipitated in delhi the same place you live in 30 years later yeah. it's 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 uh, it's very it's an enriching read so i sort of keep my eye on the future i want uh, people to look back and see uh, you know the, the, what I was actually going on on the ground And, of course, the news channels, more than uh, the one favor they do us lately is that they really don't talk about Dell Rats, which is still better than them coming and talking about Dell Rats and completely misrepresenting the the currents that are flowing. Mm. So that's why it's important. Right, right.
0: Uh, So Ayush, tell us, um, just can you, if you can just give us a brief background of this
2: Case. Well, you know, the 25th of February was, like, as you said, the bloodiest day of the violence. Um, I was on the field on that day, I remember, though, through, a little, through a different part of northeast Delhi, say a couple of kilometres away from where this incident happened. Mm. Um, this is area is called Bridgepuri, and uh, it is on the way to Mustafabad. So, there's one main road called Wazirabad Road where the protests were happening, and then there yeah. is Mustafabad where uh, you know, there's small mosques besides which the smaller anti-CA protests were happening. Huh. So, through uh, the way to Mustafabad is through a locality called puri which is, we can say, 60% Hindu, 40% Muslim, right? Rather mixed. Right. And then, Mus- then there's Mustafabad, which is uh, mm-hmm. probably 90-95% Muslim. Mm-hmm. So, this protest that was happening there um, on the 25th, what happened... The riots had been going on for a couple of days.
1: Mm.
2: Started, you know, the spark The spark was the Mish Kapil Mishra speech. And the next day there was violence yeah. in which Shahid Alam got killed, which we covered in our last uh, uh, article report from the ground. Mm. But on the 25th, the tensions were really high. And what was happening at the protest site uh, near a mosque or a pulia, pulia yeah. is a small bridge over the Nala, mm.
1: um,
2: so a mob had started gathering and as opposed to that, a mob came up uh, of Hindus, uh, say 300 meters away on the Bridgepuri Road. Hmm. And at the beginning, they would do simple things like, you know, some Hindu guy would pass, so they'd stop him. They'd say, you walk the rest of the distance and they'll burn his bike. Right. The Hindus will do the same thing to, you know, any Muslim who was passing by. Hmm. So these minor arson they were committing. Hmm. At some point, and it's uh, I don't I still don't know what was the actual trigger. This really turned into an all-out um, riot. So the first, the Muslim mob goes, burns down the Hindu homes and shops. Then in the evening, the police came, hmm. and it seems that the uh, Hindu writers who were on the you know of foot joined hmm. the police force and they overwhelmed the Muslim writers and they stormed the mosque and they killed these three men. Right. Uh, we don't know whether these three men were part of the rioting mob, whether they were passing by etc hmm. and what the Delhi police has done in our story is that after the three men who've been killed they're hmm. saying they were killed by six or seven a mob of six or seven
0: so were their bodies found in the same area or different
2: so the police says that they were found in the same area together they were killed hmm. together so they were found together right um, the, the chart sheets that's the chart sheets conclusion but we found out so people who've seen it, that uh, the two men who are uh, Zakir and Ashfaq, they were found at the mosque, hmm. which was stormed. And this fellow called Mehta was found further down the road, say 50, 60 meters. Hmm. Um, and he has burn injuries and their the nature of their injuries are rather different. So right. we thought when I the, got the lead that I thought this is a clearly misrepresentation because if they were killed together, how come their nature of injuries are different? Huh. Huh. So, and the police was not just saying that they were uh, killed by a Hindu mob, huh? but they're saying that a Muslim man was part of this Hindu mob and he was yeah, killing the Muslim men. Right? True. So, and he had no clue that they were Muslim. So, he saw the Hindu men writing. Yeah. He pretended to be Hindu because he thought if they know he's Muslim, he might get killed. Huh? So, he sees the Hindu men. he sees the killing people. He knows it's a communal riot, so it's obvious they might be killing Muslims. Yeah. And then the police says, but he did not know that they were killing Muslims. He'll it out later. Really but ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous, ludicrous mm. mm. claims. Yeah. And the, what the evidence do they have to support this? Mm. This, this disclosure statement that uh, is undersigned by this man called Muhammad Arif. He's a mason. He's 35 years old.
1: Mm.
2: So that disclosure statement is recorded in the 16161, mm. which is not uh, admissible as evidence in the court of law cool. because even the british who built made this law in mm-hmm. 1873 were smart enough to know that anything in police custody should not be believed
1: right 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 right, right, right.
2: so uh, so they have practically no evidence they have put cctv footage of the other four men they these are hindu men of the local area mm. um and you can see them throwing stones uh, standing with sticks walking around with sticks mm. but for the Muslim man, for Arif, they mm. don't have any such CCTV footage, which makes it even more dicey. Right. So I went to, we went, uh, me and Sukhiti went to the locality, we talk, spoke mm. to people there, and we found out that even the Hindu and Muslim neighbors, everyone said that on the day of the riot, when this incident happened, mm. this man was guarding the street. Even I went to Bridgepuri on 26th, 27th of February, mm. two days mm-hmm. after it happened, and I know that Hindus and Muslims were together guarding the streets, and, uh, I, I might have just crossed RF streets as well. You know, RF street.
1: Right, right.
2: And I remember going inside, meeting some people, but this was happening everywhere, even in areas like uh, Babarpur and uh, you know, Bhajanpura. Hmm. Because th- there was no police. How else will people defend themselves? They have to go out, carry some rod, etc. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
2: So uh, And so it, it was pretty clear through these eyewitnesses that, you know, this man is being uh, framed, framed in this, mm-hmm. cla- in this case. Mm-hmm. But what everyone would tell you about Arif mm. in Brijpur is that he's a BC. I didn't know what this BC is, so I asked him. And BC refers to bad character, a history sheet, or in other words, I
1: see.
2: Okay. So he, the Delhi police have, you know, they stuck together a whole history of his crimes in the mm. charge, uh, with the charge sheet. And but he's only conv- he's only been convicted in one of them out of what kind spies. of crimes. So theft, trespassing, one of them is an arms act. So it might involve a gun. Okay. But most mostly these uh, petty crimes, and but he's only been convicted in only one of them. He's been discharged in some. He's been uh, let away in some. He was found not guilty in some of them. Hmm. So, okay. So uh, only one of the cases they could prove that probably he did some. Hmm. His mother said that he, it's, he's like a favorite with the police. Whenever you know they feel like they come, they pick him up and they go.
1: Right, right
2: right right and that's how he's almost used up as a pawn it's it often mm-hmm. happens in localities where the police has no leads yeah so, yeah just to sh- uh, cover up their incompetence they'll go and find a history sheet and it's huh. easier to convince that this guy got cover history exactly
0: exactly huh.
2: so it seems like that uh, that was that's what's happening So, that's the story of Arif and then there's a second part to the story as well.
0: Ayush, also you mentioned that uh, one of the men who were killed was actually Arif's uncle.
2: Yeah, and (laughs) I don't think the police knows this.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. They
2: still
1: don't
2: know. I don't think because they don't state it in the chart sheet and they haven't taken the statement of um, Arif's mother.
1: Huh.
2: they've st- taken the statement of uh, Mehtap's brother but his statement doesn't say that he was, you know, uh, huh. Arif's mama and all that. Achha. So we, we found out, we met both the families and they said ki uska dur ka mama hai and he would call him mama and they live nearby to each other.
1: Right.
2: So basically the police is saying that this Muslim man hmm. at some point pretended to be Hindu went and yeah. lynched three, uh three Muslim men. Hmm. One of them was his mama. He didn't recognize yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, later he found out that they were Muslim, which is absolutely ridiculous. There is, the chart sheet, obviously, uh, the court hasn't taken cognizance of it. So they might just throw it out as well. But if it gets uh-huh. admitted into court, then yeah. you'll have trial based on these uh, the ridiculous almost, uh, near ridiculous uh, claims. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So Ayushi, if I'm not wrong, um, the, all of this is based on one witness statement.
2: So all the five men, the four huh. Hindu men also huh. and uh, um, RF have huh. been all five together has have only been named by one witness. Okay?
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, this one fellow called Shashikan Kashyap who we also met and yeah. the and for alone they have two other witnesses which is the one really congressy guy called surendra Sharma who is the RWA president of Bridgepuri. It's and so, then huh? the Cutter BJP guy, who's the RWA, General Secretary of Bridgebury.
1: Interesting. Huh?
2: So and <laughs> Sharma didn't tell me this. He was hmm. like, to hmm. But I found him uh, quoted in an open magazine piece. Huh? He said that when the police came, or to do with to what? So, he probably said it during the riots oh, because know. things was, there was such an no. emotional churn. So, he right, didn't right. think that there was a filter needed. But when I spoke to him, he was all, no, no, we didn't try it at all. But then no. I found this quote of his in Rahul Pandita's report. So, oh. uh, this was a man who openly confessed to, uh, you know, that uh, people on his locality went and uh, rioted. And then he's a witness against uh, not them, but against this but a fellow called Arif. And we met Suren Sharma and his general secretary also. Even they say that they saw Arif rioting. He was setting shops on fire, etc. But they don't say that uh, he murdered them. Right. Even the one eyewitness, the prime eyewitness who's implicated all of them doesn't say that Arif murdered them. And he saw it happening from 15 meters afar, According to the map they've made in the chart sheet, he was standing 15 meters apart while this lynching was going on. Huh. And, and he doesn't say that Arif was in it.
0: But they've still framed him.
2: They've still framed him. In fact, everyone, people told me, his neighbours and people who are involved with the case, hmm. that even Shashikant, who's the prime witness, hmm. was pressured by the police. Mm-hmm. So it might happen. And I'm, I'm not saying this for Shashikant, but it of, often happens that you, the police might have a video of you standing in the corner with a stick. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, you, you're protecting your, you're protecting your house. The police didn't come, so you're rightly protecting your house during a riot. Now mm. the police takes that CCTV and says, "Bhai, tu, You either do that or you become a witness. Give us four or five convenient names, and you'll be off. So it seems that this is what's going on. Right. But so can't obviously denies this. He says, you know, um, I'm not under pressure or anything. But people, there are a lot of people who disagree. So again, you know, these are the things you uh, learn about how these neighborhoods function when such a big event has taken
1: place.
0: False, I mean, uh, false statements, false statements. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is are you since you've been covering this whole case for so long, uh, the investigation for so long? What is Delhi Police's end game over here?
2: I think it's simply to, um, you know. I don't think one of or two of the cases are really politically motivated. So mm. they'll name Harshmander Yogendra Yadav. This is the mm. 59 by 20 conspiracy case. Huh. alpur conspiracy case, as they say it. And so those are definitely political. But these other 53 murders, mm. I don't think they care how many of them are Hindus, how many of them are Muslims.
1: Mm.
2: They were arrested almost to equal number, they say. And mm. I, I'm ready to believe them, even though 40 of the 80% of the people in the riots are Muslim.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't
2: know how they have equal number of Hindus and Muslims,
1: mm.
2: but they've just grabbed the people who are most vulnerable. Yeah. Because what mm-hmm. often happens, we've been told in other stories in the same series that the police picks up some folks and when the parents go to the crime branch, mm. they say you pay some money. And we let you off. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
2: incidentally, all the four accused besides Arif, all from very poor families. Uh, uh-huh. One of them, one one of the families, the his name is Jatender. He's in he's been in jail. He's seen throwing a stone in the CCTV okay. grab. Okay. And his father, his father is blind. He was an auto driver once upon a time. His mother uh, is you know just runs the house, hmm. and he has one brother, who seems to be mentally challenged.
1: Mm.
2: So there is absolutely no way for them to sustain themselves because Jitender was the only person making money for the household. But all he did was, during the riot, he went out, he threw a stone. The whole family, they're being supported by their neighbours. And uh, so they're all very poor families and families who you could, can say that if they were asked to create a son Mm -hmm. for their son's release. They wouldn't have been able to. Right, And obviously the affluent households, everyone seems to be fine.
0: Right. Has the Delhi police's attitude towards uh, uh, people like you, journalists, covering the case uh, changed or is it the same hostile?
2: It's the same. It's it's contempt, basically. Earlier they would at least meet and they'd say something, they'd comment. When we did the first story, they'd comment. Huh. Uh, you know, they at least entertain you. Now they are saying he we won't comment on cases going on in court. So they have yeah. obviously been advised to take a new media strategy, which was not to say anything,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, which is better than some of their officers who come out and bumble something or the exactly. other and they get yeah. into trouble.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Uh, that's that. I guess we've come to the end of the discussion today, um, and uh, we will finish off with some recommendations.
3: So I just uh, recently watched this uh, documentary uh, on Al Jazeera, India Slave Brides, Uh, how uh, these women who are trafficked from Assam and sold as uh, wives to men in Haryana, what kind of uh, transformation their life goes through and uh, how they adapt to this new life. Uh, and what happens to their families, uh, you know, in their home state, and uh, especially the way they have captured emotions on camera, like there, there is this mother who accompanies the reporter, mm. along with the Haryana police as part of their uh, rescue uh, mission. Hmm. Um and uh when she reaches uh Haryana, uh her daughter actually denies uh to come uh, ba- oh. to come back go back with her because she's like, now I'm married to this man and I have a life. Yeah. So why have you even come looking God for me? Oh. And um so it's it's a uh, it's a beautiful depiction of this uh, complex web of uh, you know emotions. Um, that uh, that is sort of uh, pitched around the network of trafficking. So, right. yeah, in case you are interested in sort of such human interest stories, then you may want to watch it.
0: Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Akanksha. What about you, Ayush?
3: I
2: would recommend this uh, series called Scam 1992. It's amazing. I think um, people who are really skeptical about journalists in, um, <laughs> you know, their... Post Modi India should see, and actually, they might just end up appreciating us more. And it's just <laughs> very well made. Right. Um, and it's true to the detail, true to the little minute information, um, according to people who know a lot about that. So, that's a great series. One second is. Uh, I watched Patal Lok and I'm just 8th oh. eighth, eighth episode and again you know we have again media strangely there are a lot of shows which have journalists uh, playing really serious roles which mm-hmm. is, makes me really happy
0: if not in real life at least in fiction <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah It's it's and Patal yeah. Lok is based on Tarun Tejpal's book uh, The Story of My Assassins
1: oh. and apparently
2: he was paid to shut up <laughs> about the fact that it's based on his book oh okay <laughs> But they didn't want to associate themselves <laughs> with him at all. Yeah. So, for obvious reasons. And, but mm. it's absolutely well done. I think it's even better than uh, TRP Scam. Although it's fictional, but yeah. it's really well made. And uh, so, yeah, those two series, I think everyone yeah. should watch.
0: All right. Uh, my recommendation is also actually a TV series. It's, um, um, I think it's a mini-series. It's called Deaths And it's based on um, this Scottish serial killer who is also a necrophiliac called Dennis Nielsen. And uh, Dennis Nielsen is played by David Tennant, who's like one of my favorite, favorite actors ever. He's amazing in the series. He plays, uh, he does the role so well. And uh, it is disturbing, but it's so, uh, I mean, gripping the entire series. So I think everybody would be interested in watching it. So, listeners, if you liked, uh, what you heard, please do rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you tuned into. Uh, we also have a bunch of other podcasts like Hafta and Awful and Awesome. Better the rating, more the reach and that means
3: more subscribers and that in turn means better content. If you like podcast, please forward it to your friends or relatives. And subscribe to the News Laundry so that we can get ground reports and stories in you.
0: All right. And also, please do write to us with your feedback. We're very eager to hear your feedback. Uh, please do write to us at contact at newslaundry.com with reporters without orders in the subject line. Uh, you could also leave your comments on Twitter or our Facebook page or our Instagram. Yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. And with that, this podcast is adjourned. Thank you and see you next week.